0: Welcome aboard, welcome aboard, it is I, TJ, uh, and welcome to M5 Successful Friends. As it is, like any other day, we bring out um, guys who are really doing it, killing it in their own space of property and anything that has to do with property. If this is for your first time, where have you been? But if it is your second time, third time, fourth time, welcome aboard and welcome back. Uh, It is an honor and a pleasure for me to be bringing out to you the Kuro guys. Um, I should say that uh, before I actually um, introduce them, I should say that, you know, when I started off my property journey, I used to look up to Shane. Shane was my go-to guy. And I had found him in the network and he was just doing amazing things and I could admire him from a distance. So it is actually a pleasure for me to be having him on this podcast, uh, M5 Successful Friends, so that we can chat about his journey and how his business partner mate also came into the picture. Guys, welcome aboard. How's it going?
1: Thanks, TJ. I appreciate it. eh? Going very well with Sade.
0: Good, good. So i want to start with Shane because I've known Shane a little bit longer. Um, so when I started off my my property journey, um, I had I started seeing you, Shane. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And in the networks, I, I don't know how many deals I've sent you to say, Shane, uh, have a look, have a look. And Quite it's time to come back to me and he says, TJ, I'm working on it. TJ, I've got an investor. No, TJ, the money is gone. Um, and where are you from? Um, I mean, we are, I'm Joe I'm best where are you from and how did the properties thing start for you?
1: Yeah, so from our side, originally from the, the West Rand, eh, uh, back then. So yeah, the property journey started, I think like a lot of other people as well. Um, there's always been a drive from the, from the youth, uh, you know, always drawing pictures of houses, uh, always been interested in uh, civil engineering and architecture and everything. But from there, you know, reading the rich dad, poor dad, um, reading other multiple books uh, and just doing a lot of research into different fields and stuff. But often what you find is, you know, the Americas, they they dominate the space and anything that you research it lands you up right there. So a lot of that research just drove me to the position of like, I want to be in this space. You know, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. Your construction is everything that I, I breathe. So a lot of that ended up, in a lot of research and finding out where in South Africa, can we achieve this type of thing that America's have. And that led me through to Sapin and Andrew Walker through that. I got a bit educated through that um, sort of took me under the wing and a lot of online research books that I read and yeah, then eventually partnered up with Matt and then from there things to next.
0: Awesome. Good. Uh, Great having you around mate. I, I just started you coming into the picture, and I was like, where is this guy coming from? You know, um, <laughs> how, how, Where are you 20. from, and, and how did your journey also kick in?
2: Yeah, so um, I don't live too far away from Shane, a few kilometers, uh, although we, um, we never actually met in our own neighborhood. We met at a, a, a separate networking event, but mm. uh, yeah, I been uh, born and bred in Randburg in the north of Joburg. Yeah. And uh, oh, my, uh, my property journey started off like, like many others. I, I had an interest in property. I never owned any property or anything like that. Um, but um, yeah, it always interested me. And I always knew that uh, you know having just one job or one source of income is never enough. And uh, you always have to look at uh, multiple funnels of income. And I always knew property has stood the test of time. And, um, you know, I knew that I needed to get involved with it in some way, but never quite knew how to go about it. And then I stumbled upon the the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, uh, like Shane mentioned. And um, from there, I started to get an idea of what it's all about. And then I I made a decision that I needed to to go after it.
0: Um, I'm going to show off, right? Ah, there it is. So there's my – this is – uh copy number four or five in my household right nice. and, um, and this copy here so so how i stumbled upon this was that my my wife about three years into getting married she bought me one
2: mm-hmm.
0: not this copy and I never read it and and then I went on to a seminar and they were talking about this guy. So I started going online a lot to look for what's happening. And then I kind of like, trying to figure out, I I know this book. I've seen this book somewhere. And I turned the house upside down the one weekend and boom, I found it. It was a Saturday, round about seven-ish. I read it until two in the morning. I was done. I was so fired up, is not even funny. The Sunday, <laughs> so we've got a tradition in our household. The, the uh, Sundays, it's, it's home time. So we don't do anything, no phone, no nothing, no TV. We just connect, right? Yeah. And Sunday, I am just talking about Robert Kiyosaki. My wife now is asking, who is Robert Kiyosaki? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is actually a copy that I bought my, um, my son, um, when he turned twelve the other day, um, and he's told me that he doesn't like it because they talk about a lot of taxes. So I said to him, "No, don't worry, my boy. I'm gonna teach you what taxes. So each time you ask for ice cream, I'm gonna take about forty percent of that ice cream, and um, you you you'll see how how it feels. You know. So that's yeah. the tradition that we've started up in my household of, of demonstrating what taxes um, look like. Um, <laughs> yeah so so coming back to you boys um so so you started off your partnerships and um how, how far long back was this
1: sure so yeah the partnership originally started was the end of um 2017 i'm at. That's when we first had yeah. our first coffee and introduced one another and, you know, sort of like felt one another out. Um, I think by the end of that meeting, we decided, listen, let's, let's team up. We're gonna give it six months. Uh, we yeah. sort of have similar background, both uh, involved in Uber cars, both had an entrepreneurial mind. So yeah, I think that was in November and then we did our first drive for dollars in December that year and sort of, I think on our first D4D, we, we sort of got our first first deal
0: all right cool you, you speak of you speak of this background where you guys have was was exposed to other businesses um the uber uh, that you mentioned just now um who, who was doing ubering at that time
1: yeah both of us sam
0: okay what what, what do you mean you guys were doing uh the uber business
1: so we we each uh, own vehicles in the uber fleet okay yeah
0: right i mean for someone out there they don't know what uber is all about i mean what how does how does it how does it work uh, how do you make money <laughs> if you make money at all <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah so um you know we, we got into uber to know each other and you know shane had his little fleet i had my little heat and uh when first uber first came to south africa um you know you could onboard a certain amount of vehicles onto their system and you could rent them out to, to drivers. Uh, similar to what you do in property, where you rent out a property and you receive a, a rental income. Uh, you could do the same with Uber cars. And um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we did. I personally did it for about three years. We made quite a bit of money in the first year and then yeah. uh, kind of went south second and third year. And that's when I decided to, to get out of it.
0: So so funny enough, right? I didn't know this about you guys. I mean, I've known you guys for donkey years, but I didn't know if you're Uber journeys. Um and I've got a similar story. When when I started off um shortly before the properties, I I had a fleet of vehicles. We we had 45 cars at max at one point on the street. But I wasn't doing Ubering. So what I would do is that I would buy cars from um rental companies, your Avis, your Tempest. Yeah, um, as that had just gone, like let's say 50,000 K's and things like that, so they, they let them go. Um, so I would buy that on a higher purchase, like a normal installment, five year plan, and I would then rent them out on a long term to someone else. So I'll buy for two thousand, I'll put in a tracker, I'll put in insurance, and maybe my, um, my whole expense of that vehicle is around about three thousand. And I'll rent it out for like five. So I've got my 1.52 grand to play around with. And and my it grew. And I only started doing that because I realized that there was a lot of, at that time, there was a lot of foreigners who were coming into town, um, be it from African countries or from overseas, but the banks were not willing to give them that money. So I became that buffer. And you mentioned that it went south. For me, how it went south is that to date we ended up paying for two cars. Two of them, they disappeared. Trekker came to pick me up. We went where the trekker was, but the car was not there.
2: Oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. That was getting fun.
0: It was. Um, so one trekker was saying it's close to FMB Stadium. We were there. The car was not there. We drove around. The car was not there. The device was not there. So where where is this thing pointing out to? You know. So th- th- those were my fun days. And then I realized that as a young person, I cannot be doing business in things that when I buy the asset, the asset appreciates. I, I yeah. almost want to get yeah. into a business where if I buy something the asset should appreciate.
1: 100%.
0: That that way I'm working twice. You know, I'm working now in that business, uh, but the appreciation also is helping me to grow. So when I started seeing the property space, I was like, oh, this is what it was. But I didn't know how. And and I just want us to jump into that because now both of you guys, you're in the Uber space. And um, you know, you kind of like felt each other, you know, if we were in Cape Town, that would sound very wrong. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that we're in Jobek. So, <laughs> so so now you're in this space now where you um checking each other out. How did you gravitate to each other? You know, and and this question is 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 both to you because it's about you, because a lot I meet a lot of people who say, they struggle in finding partners, and for me, having seen you guys grown together and doing deals together, you—you you, um, besides my own partnership, you are the next p- best partnerships that I can say to people. If if you're struggling, go and see Mate and Shay. Well, you thank know what you. I mean? So, so how, how did that how did that work out for you as an individual to get that comfort from the next person in the early days?
1: And uh, Matt, you want to lead with that one?
0: Um, yeah.
2: So, I mean, uh, we did gravitate towards each other, like you say, but um, in the way, in many ways, it was almost like a, an arranged marriage. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because um, <laughs> We obviously met each other at the, at the, um, at one of the, the Sapper networking events and, um you know, I was at that point, I was feeling very low in my property journey. I'd, I'd spent about two years trying to do a deal and I just, you know, I just couldn't do it. And I just didn't know where to go. And uh, I thought, well, you know, let me, let me approach uh, Andrew Walker, the, the, the founder of Sapin. And, uh, you know, I'd known him previously from, from other events and other, um, you know, uh, trainings and networking events, et cetera. And I went to him and I'm feeling lost. I don't really know where to go. And, I feel alone in this journey, you know. And um he he obviously mentoring Shane, um, you know, he said, Well, you know, where do you stay? And I said, Well, I stay in I stay in Randburg. And he's like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, I've got I've got Shane and he's she's busy trying to do his first deal as well. And um, you know, you guys might be a, a good fit. You guys probably, mm-hmm. you know, meet up for coffee and chat about it. So yeah. Yeah, that's kind of part one of how we how we came together.
0: So, so when, you met, when you met Shane, I mean you, you don't know him from bow soap, right? And there's a reference, so there's yes, there's a comfort level, because it's coming from someone from, uh, someone that you associate with, to be in a comfort space as a leader and things like that. Um, yeah What gives you the comfort to, to say, well, Shane is the guy that I can actually walk with as an individual. So, so this is you about Shane now.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's like, you know, like anything, there's a, there's a famous phrase in property called uh, due diligence. Yeah, uh, I think you have do diligence on partners and, you, you know, when you, when you meet someone and you're considering doing business with them, you've got to really suss them out and you've got to see what they're about and see if they hold the same values and principles mm-hmm. that you do, because that's really the basis of any of e-partnership is, you know, do you guys have a similar way of thinking and doing things? So that's that's really, uh, you know, what's what
0: I base my criteria on. Nice. Thanks, mate. Shane, on your side?
1: Yeah, so so definitely, I mean, a, a lot of it is like, do you guys connect well? And, you know, it's there's a lot of trust that comes on board and essentially you guys are getting to bed with one another. So it's really important to know the other person and be able to trust them 100% and know that, you know, if we're going to go into this journey, we're going to go into it and we're going to go on all the way through. And we're not going to stop until we get to the other side. And that other side never stops. That other side is always growing and growing and growing. And Matt and I both have the very same views on what we're going to do and achieve with property. So yeah, it was just a marriage that was set to happen. And it was, yeah, the best one I could ever ask for. Yeah?
0: Cool. Um, now that the journey has has progressed, uh, 2017, we 2020, that's a solid three years. Um, and I'm gonna ask of this from a, from a very good space. Uh, people come through, or should I say people, they start off these partnerships and they go on to register companies. They go on and then they've got one or two deals starting up, it fuses out. They don't, they don't call each other and the partnerships are the natural debt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how can one avoid that? Uh, now that you, you guys have been at it for three years, um, to a guy who says, I used to have a partner or I actually have a partner. And, but there's nothing on the table that they can show for it. Uh, you guys right now, you're sitting in a house where you, you call on um, and you, you're doing stuff together now. You know, we can see you. I drive around, I see your guys board everywhere. It's, Um, so I can resonate to say that these guys are doing stuff, right? What, what is it that you can say to someone out there who's in that space?
2: Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, it's about holding each other accountable. Um, you've got to to set clear guidelines on on what you want to achieve and uh, how you're going to go about that and who's going to be responsible for what, um, and that comes with, with identifying different skills within one another, um, you know, who's better at what. And, and that doesn't come immediately. Um, you know, that, that takes months, years to sometimes realize. So that, that's always the first step is to identify, um, you know, what you're good at, what your partner's good at, and make each other accountable for uh, for doing what they need to do within the business. Um, and you have to take it a step further, you know, try and document things, you know. So if you have an agreement with someone or a partnership or you Venturing into business together, um, try and have your documentation and all your do- ducks in a row. So make yeah. sure that you uh, specify, and um, you know, via agreements and contracts exactly, um, you know, how things are laid out, you know, within your business, so that there's no, um, you know, ambiguity or, or or confusion further down the road.
0: How do you balance that off, uh, mates? Um, you you speak of having the correct documentation and things like that as are starting off, I was actually amazed at one point uh, we both share a, a lawyer and um, Bruno samao And at a yeah. time, I was busy doing our MOIs and shareholders agreement. And as I was leaving, I bumped into someone senior, very senior to, to both of us um, in, in, in our circles. And he says to me, hey, TJ, I hear that you, you guys are clipping your shareholders' agreement, the MOIs. That thing is beast. beast. Um, and it hit me like, you are like 10, 20 years ahead of me. Are you saying that you've never done one before? Um, so I didn't ask that that obvious question. So I went on to ask, are you, are you guys busy with yours? And he says, yes, this, this is my first one that I'm having to do because I've been bent before. How do you balance having a deal on the table? I've just met you now. There's a deal on the table, and sorting out your house in terms of paperwork. How do you balance those two?
2: Um, you know, it's, it's not always an easy thing, especially as a beginner, because you know, as yeah. a beginner, you're very much um, overwhelmed by everything that's going on. Um, not just the legalities, but you know, everything within a deal. You experience so many really different emotions and. Um, you know, excitement and fear at the same time. So I think it's really about just keeping a level head first and foremost. And also, you know, not pursuing anything that you're not comfortable with um, because no deal is worth, um, you know, putting yourself at risk where if things do turn turn sour um, that you're going to, you know, get a hiding. So always make sure that you, that you find your level of comfort and, your, your, and be comfortable with the level of risk that you're taking on. I um, mean, you know, if anyone forces into you into some sort of deal where you don't feel comfortable or doesn't quite sit well with your, your values, your ways of doing business, then it's it's probably yeah. not a good thing to go into.
0: Okay, cool. Now I just wanted to ask a question, right? Um, especially around 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 these partnerships. I mean, you've you you guys have done <laughs> partnerships um, across board. Are you only doing the partnerships with the two of you guys or do you open up partnerships with other people as well outside the two of you?
1: Yeah, so we we do bring on um, other partners and investors on board to the different deals and stuff. Uh, Kura as a whole is just Matt and I. Um, It's actually how we'd like to keep it as well. But for the majority of things other investors do come on board on the different projects who are either JV or as angel investors in the different projects. Eh?
0: Okay, cool. And, and how, how is that worked out for you guys? Um, is that your happy space? Do you guys want to just go solo? Um, or is this in the next five, 10 years, this is your happy space?
1: Uh, I think, I don't know, Matt, just let me know if I speak for both of us, but from our side, yeah, we are very happy in the space that we are playing um for a big part of our business is about empowering as many people as possible so keeping it close just doesn't work for us you know we want to um grow the kuro brand but at the same time we want to be able to extend all that wealth creation to as many people as possible so our whole view is to go to as many angel investors as possible and say listen you know loan us some money we'll show you how to grow your money and we can guarantee your returns um and then through that, they learn a little bit about property. They gain great returns on their, prop, on their monies that they've invested. And Correct. yeah, the more people we can target, the better for the economy as a whole, eh? especially through what we're going through at the moment.
0: Yeah. Your guys' model is very similar to mine. Um, uh, I mean, I hang out as well with as many um, investors and things like that. Um, and, and that's my happy place, you know, bringing in other people on board. Uh, You share the risk, you share the benefits of it, Uh, but I've also realized that there are other people out there who are wanting to be in the property space, but for whatever reason, it could be commitment of work, commitment of time, and commitment in the head that they cannot do it. They are happy to ride with someone else um, who is doing it um is is this do do you also find people like that
1: yeah 100 percent. i mean a lot of people we do get say out of 100 investors you'll probably get one or two that are fully committed to you and another 10 that you have to really sort of help work with along the side i mean it's not an easy game a lot of people are fearful of you know putting their money out there you know again we are small we're a growing company as well you know you don't have that massive brand behind you but it is where we are leading to. Um, And again, a lot of it comes down to trust and open communication with these investors. It's not, it's not easy to ask for 500,000. It's not easy to ask for 20,000, you know, for some people that's a lot of money. So I don't know if you want to add anything there, Matt.
2: Yeah. So just to, uh, I think Shane summed up the investment part of it as well, quite well. Um, but what we also do is, you know, we also bring on people that are aspiring, you know, real estate entrepreneurs and people that do want to get involved in property. But like say, TJ, um, you know, they, they might be, uh, you know, afraid to take the first step or or they would rather rise with someone else. So we do bring people into our business that we can see are, um, you know, do have an interest in property investment, do want to better themselves, maybe need a little bit of guidance. Uh, so we, we do bring those um, sorts of. Put on board as well, um, you know, especially the
0: the. Okay, good. That's good stuff, I, and and I think that comes from a space of individually you are wanting to help others. Uh, so, so it's not just about the money. Um, uh, the money is there, yes, but individually you are wanting to, um, and that's very rare. Um, you know, so so recently we have just started off. Um, a training brand called M5 Experience. And the idea there is that we've actually realized that a lot of people that are coming to invest with us, they they are wanting to do it. They've done some educational sort, but for some reason, something holds them back. So how do we enable such kind of people who could be having money, bigger than what they've invested with me, um, to go on and do bigger things. But but as well, I recognize that not everyone wants to go big. Not everyone wants to buy a big building that TJ is building in such and such an area. I've realized that. You know, yeah. I, I was one of my, my 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 coaches and he said to me, you know, TJ, I, I just bought like five, five buildings. I'm happy with it now. I'm okay with it. I'm, I don't want to grow. I'm actually taking a holiday within this next two years and I'm going to focus with something else. I'm like... What is wrong with you? I can buy a whole present if I can buy the whole of Johannes back, You know, we can we can just replant it, TJ. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> but but we're not all like that. We not don't have all those ambitions. As for some people, they're happy to grow to a certain position. Uh, mate, I want to come back to you from a personal perspective. What does what does property mean for you as an individual?
2: Uh, So I think first and foremost, um, for me, property is freedom. And, um, you know, property gives you the freedom to do so many different things. Um, You know, as we all know, the property sector is very vast and we all all try and find our little niche within property and we try and excel at that. And I think I love the opportunity that property provides, um, you know, so many different people. There's so many different ways to succeed in it and, and make a make a difference to the world with it, you know. Uh, so I think first and foremost, it's freedom and, and also just the, the financial freedom as well. Um, you know, through property, you really can um, emanciate yourself from, you know, from the pressures of uh, the financial pressures of, of everyday life and, you know, just having a regular job. So for me, if I could sum it up, it's really about freedom.
0: Okay. When you're saying freedom, um, so you speak of financial freedom. Uh, so, the bottom line of it is that you know you, you you're buying these assets, and these assets are paying you, right? Uh, so that's more on the on the buy to rent side uh, because um, I, I I don't want to say I'm anti, but I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not pro flips, right? Um, yeah. I have the view that that's work, and I don't want to work for the rest of my life. I, I enjoy working but I don't want to work for the rest of my life looking for money. I want to work having the freedom, the base that, you know, the money is there and I can go to the States and experiment on a, on a fast car and invest in a fast car model that has never been built. Stuff like (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But you can't do that if you don't have a base, you know, if, if your financial basis foundation is strong, um when you're saying freedom what is it exactly that you're talking about let's take it to layman terms um to the guy out there who's like okay so what freedom are they talking about uh we've been free in south africa since 1997
2: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but yeah there's different types of freedom and uh, you know, just to to dumb it down and, and just um you know put it into layman's terms like you say yeah you know now, what you can do through property, especially you know rental property, is that you can create uh, what we call a, a passive income. A passive income is the type of income that you can um, incur every month uh, without having to actually work for that income. So you get an active income. Active income, you you go to work, you earn a salary or whatever it is, and um, you actually having to put in time to to get um, you know payment. Whereas a, a passive income is you, you put a, a bit of work in the beginning. And then that, um, that passive income pays you forever and ever on a, an ongoing basis. And um, the more passive income you can generate, um, you know, it gives you more and more freedom because you're having to um, spend less time actually working um, and, and, and uh, you know, using your time to, to, to get an income. And you can use now more of your time to, um, you know, go out there and do what you, what you really want.
0: Okay, cool. And, and Shane, what does, what same question to you, what, is, what does property really mean to you?
1: Sure, well, so, well, Matt, Matt topped all freedom. <laughs> There's no way anyone can beat that. Um, yep. Yeah, so just to add to that, i definitely say it's fulfillment, eh? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, when you wake up every day and you know that you're in property, and property is exactly the space that you want to play in, it's, it's, it's another feeling that you don't often find. And, you know, it's, it's to the individual, what space that fulfillment is. Um, to myself, property is a space that, you know, fulfills me, hey?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, wh- one, one of the things that I've studied now becoming um, a, a happy place for me is that um, if I drive around, or whenever I'm, i drive around um i get this warm fuzzy feeling when i'm passing through a building that i own and i'm hmm. like everyone in that place i am housing them yeah i i am giving them a place that they call home and and if i see like a broken window from outside or things like that like i'm hmm. freaking out like what is my caretaker doing because yeah if It's not for me the deal that I've put together and f- bringing partners on board and things like that. Actually, all of these 30 people would have no nowhere to stay, you know. And, yeah. and for me, I think that when I started off, it wasn't like that. It was for me, it was money. I was wanting to put bacon and eggs on the table <laughs> and maybe go to Devon once in a while. That was me,
1: yeah.
0: But, but my my, my journey has now progressed and that that fulfillment that you speak about, Shane, of late, within the last six months, it hits me hard when I go through these places. Now I I try to figure out when I get to one of the places that we've built or or the building or whatnot, and now I want to find things that makes that family comfortable. Yeah. You know, when I get there, I see the kids are lingering around. I, I now start thinking, what can I do for this? Can I, can I build a basketball court? Can I, is it a ring that I just need to put in the car park? Um, and and that, that gives me warmth because I'm thinking if I drive there with my child, like now, can they just engage with these other kids and, and be normal, you know what I mean?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah property is definitely a space of, uh, from Kura's side is empowerment and integration. Um, you know, through the sale of the property to the construction of the property and the um, eventual person who is gonna stand that property, it's about empowerment. And, you know, for a lot of people, they have different dreams, but, yeah. you know, a dream always starts underneath the roof, you know, from, from, from Apple, from Amazon, everything, it was underneath one roof and that's where dreams start. And that's what, you know, we aim to do as a group is to empower as many people as possible to follow their dreams and, you know, live in that safe space where they can pursue their life and, you know, raise their kids in a way that, you know, they can then go on and empower and follow their dreams further. So that that's the space that we wanna do is be able to help as many people as possible and integrate as many people as possible.
0: Right? Okay, great. Um, you're both slowly becoming to be family people. Um, I've both met uh, your better halves um, in, in one or two occasions. Um, so I'm gonna ask this question because it is a question that a lot of people ask me and say, "How do you balance the two? Um, I know that none of you got kids, um, but Shane, I think maybe he's got an, a, a wider array of, of dogs by him, um, <laughs> and we can call those his kids as well. <laughs> um, but but how do you balance? How do you balance partner, uh, mate, and Shane? partner, bed, partner at home. Um, um, Shane, the other time you said to me that you're you back it at work full time. How do you balance that? Because you only have 24 hours in a day, right? And, and uh, you know, if, if, if for, for me, we're going to say how do you balance the kids, the dogs that he's got and all the other pets that I don't know of. Um, how, how do you balance that out? Where do you find the time to still be able to do what you do now? and Excel.
1: Yeah, so you know that's not very easy at all. Um, yeah, and just full disclosure, Matt and I have been full time working since we started the company, and we're still full time at this point. Uh, the yep. idea is by the end of the year that we're we're no longer full time, but part time in you know our day to day lives, but full time property. So there's going to be a nice switch towards the end of this year. But you know a lot of it is is just open communication from from my side and. You know, it's about allocating certain time for certain people, uh, doing what you need to do. You are responsible for a certain amount of roles. And, you know, you owe it to your business partner to, you know, achieve what you've set out to achieve. So, you know, business is one big part of your life. And, you know, if your goals are that big, you know, business is always going to be in there. You can't just drop business for someone else. But at the same time, a partner is also very important. So you need to balance the two. Um, communication, and just time allocation is important.
0: Shane, drill, drill it down, bring it very practical. Monday to Friday, how do you wake that up? Because you, could, you only have 10 hours you had to work. Then then how do you do it? So
1: sure, your so mat- yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit different, so I'll, I'll wake up a little bit later, and then I'll, I'll work during the day, then spend a little bit of time in the evening uh, with everyone else. And then I'm up from, you know, 10 p.m. till 4 in the morning working, and then I'll go to bed again. That's sort of my routine, and that's what I like. Matt is the complete opposite. But that's where, you know, Matt and I balance out each other quite well.
0: Cool. mate. same, same question to you?
2: Um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's just important that, you know, the people listening understand that um, no one has the perfect life. And um, right Oh, no one has a perfect balance. And if they tell you that they do, they're lying. Um, Whether it's the the man on the street or or, or the billionaires, no one has a perfect life. So don't be too harsh on yourself. Um, You know, if sometimes you find that you aren't making time for certain things. um, You know, as long as you're striving towards, um, you know, that that perfect balance, um, you know, then you probably... Um, already there because you're already mindful that you need to have a balanced life and you can't just be a workaholic or, you know, someone who doesn't focus at all on, on um, you know, uh, personal growth, etc. So um, I think that's very important to keep in mind. And um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's not what we find time for. It's, it's what we make time for. So you've got to just look at the day and you've got to almost segment it and say, okay, what do I need to achieve today? And, um, right. you know, the, timeframes, can I do those things? So, you know, what time can I exercise today? What time um, will I be, you know, doing my general normal job? Or, or what time can I set aside to do some personal learning or or, or focusing on my business? Uh, so those are the things that you that you can do um, to, to try and help balance life, um, you know, uh, setting aside time for spending time with your, with your family, your wife, your kids, etc. I mean, those are just as important than your than your million dollar business meetings. So, um you know, it's just about ranking things um, as they should be ranked um, in terms of importance and um, making sure you get to those tasks.
0: Cool. Because there's two of you in the business, um, generally in the next segment that I'm going into, um, we generally share a deal um, on how exactly we have progressed on a deal. How did we find it all the way to, is it making money? Is it a good deal or bad deal from your perspective? Um, you know, when I started off in this journey, um my wife and i we actually had a property that we we owned and it was not cash cash flowing well it was cash flowing negative you know yeah. and uh, w- with what we know at that time that was good because property was a five ten year plan for us you know we we had we had that view that you know in the next five ten years it's going to start making money for us um so perspective in terms of people it varies and that's why I'm asking this question to you guys to say in your perspective um, with sharing your deal and I'd like you to share one deal, maybe a, a good one and a bad one um, and the reason why I'm saying a good one and a bad one I'm also in the same boat uh, there's some deals that have gone bad um, on our YouTube page we, we I mean the worst one that I did was last year it was a ghost house you know um, I spent yeah. a whole lot of money and time it was out of town. I thought I bought it like at a stupid amount, you know, but yeah. the amount of work that I ended up doing and putting in and the sweat and the drives and all of those things, I'm 400 out of budget, you know? Wow. Yeah. I'm never going to come back out of that, you know? So, but the reality is that it's standing. Yes, I'm renting it out what I was thinking of renting it out versus what are we getting now because it's a small neighborhood, small time town. It, yeah. It's 50%, you know. Um, but I took it by the chin. You know, I continued. You know, you you press on. Um, and, and I don't know who you want, who's going to take a good deal and a bad deal.
1: Yeah, I well, think jumping together and help one another out through it.
0: Okay. Seeing that it's a partnership anyway.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Okay, cool.
2: Let's uh, go. Cool. So I think it's always better to start off with the, with the bad news than the good news. So let's start <laughs> with the bad news. <laughs> yeah. Or your inspiration, rather. You know, you started low and rose up again. Um, but, yeah, yeah I think, uh, probably the first bad deal um, that we ever did. And, yes, there, there have been more than one. Um, and I just want, you know, the, the listeners to know that um, if there's one thing that's guaranteed in property, you, you are going to fail. And it's a good thing um, um, because you'll <laughs> teach you to to succeed eventually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we came fresh off our first flip that we did in uh, in Randburg, um, first ever deal. We made a sweet profit. Uh, we thought we were the the kings of real estate, and um, you know we were really motivated, and we want to do our next deal, and we we're like we have to close the deal first couple of weeks of the new year, let's, let's do this. And, uh, you know, we started following up on our leads and eventually a couple of leads came through and we found a, a willing buyer and, uh, sorry, a willing seller. And, um, you know, given our, our, our enthusiasm and, you know, all of those things, we, we just had to close the deal and we had to close it at whatever price. Um, you know, looking back, it's the, the, probably the correct price, worst case price that we should have closed the deal at. Uh, was probably about $1.2 million, um, And we ended up closing the deal at, at about $1.4 million. And we knew it was a stretch before we got into the deal. Um, yeah. We were so big-headed and, you know, we thought, you know, we could do even better than the first time and we can make even more profit. Uh, you know, we took the deal on. And um, the, the biggest issue was we, we rushed everything. So we didn't do a thorough due diligence. We didn't check our, you know, our comparable values, what we actually sell this property for once we renovate it. And um, we never did a proper costing, you know, with our contractors in terms of, you know, the renovation cost and actually, you know, the, the actual scope of work, because what we realized was there was a lot more work that needed to be done than we originally thought and originally budgeted for. And that was essentially our downfall in the end. Um, but all of those things contributed to what the, the big, big issue was, which was the location of the property. And yeah. even though we bought this property in the same location where we did our first flip. Um, You know, what we didn't realize about real estate is that an area is one thing, but sometimes just being on the wrong side of a road can make your house way less valuable than than if you were in a better position. And this property that we bought was backing off of a commercial property and it wasn't the best looking commercial property um, and most homeowners don't want to stay behind a, a commercial commercial property due to, you know, security risks and just aesthetic look. But, you know, we figured it wouldn't be so much of an issue. We'd, we'd build the wall up a little bit and hide it. Uh, but let's just say that never worked. And um, we ended up throwing money into this deal, um, you know, trying to spruce it up even more and even more to make it more appealing. And. We were just digging a, a bigger hole for ourselves. And, uh, you know, we, we got an investor on board to put in the, the renovation and other costs. And um, he came on as a JV partner. And, yeah. um, right, even though he knew the risk going into the deal, um, being a property guy himself, um, you know, it, it was a really bad feeling for us to know that, uh, you know, we brought him onto what was essentially a bad deal. And we tried selling this property. We, we tried, um, you know, Lowering the price consistently, it just wasn't flying off the shelves. The offers that we were getting in were just super, super low. Um, you know, we had so many issues. You know, during the build and the construction, that we had a, a contractor that essentially screwed us over, and he ended up, um, he ended up just basically abandoning the project and, and not finishing it. And. Um, yeah that, that that's essentially what happened so really what happened in the end was the investor just decided to you know keep the property for himself um he decided to to rent it out and, and wait until the market improves and um, wait till he can then uh, dispose of dispose of it again um so you know with renting it out he's probably going to refinance it and, and pull back some of his capital not all of it um, but uh, yeah that's that's essentially what happened so very
0: bad deal on our side yeah Shane, knowing that you're going to be working with this investor
1: yes. uh,
0: or, or uh, you know, may, may, maybe instances like this one can actually um, make the relationship no go further, sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Um, but whilst you're working in this position, and I don't know whether you boys had put in some money in this deal at all. I don't. I don't know. Had you guys put in some money in this deal, or it was all his his money?
1: Yeah. So it was all the investors' money that was put into the deal. Um, we, we did contribute a small amount, um, but nothing compared to the investor. Okay. Yeah. So
0: he's hundred percent on board. You have no money, and a lot of people are attached to money, and they yes. do not. They don't see your effort that you have put in, you know, in terms of finding the deals, the effort, the time that you've managed to get it and things like that because all of these things are invisible to them, right? Yeah. Uh, the relationship that you've forced over the period of time for this deal to have landed on your lap, whatever way or the other. Now, from an emotional perspective, Shane, how, how, how do you balance off to make sure that you are still in contact with this individual and you can still be able to work, um, you can still be able to work together in the future. So how do you, so it's an emotional perspective, you as an individual, how do you deal with it? And what are the basic things that you need to do to make sure that the relationship still stands?
1: Yeah. So I think, um, initially is where we failed twofold. Um, sort of, we, we came out of this bad deal, we were not, not happy at all. Um, the outcome was not exactly what we expected. Um, it was far from what we wanted and what we wanted for the investor. You know, it's a, t- it's a tough thing to then suddenly be like, well, you know, we, we've actually, we haven't lost you any money, uh, but we've cost you a lot of money. So, sure. you know, it's, it's a tough thing to say to someone, listen, we've failed, um, but, you know, it's all on your hands and your shoulders. So, you know, initially it was. It took some time for us to actually go back and approach and just, you know, sort of somewhat apologize, um, and then you know try and regain what we did have as a relationship. But a lot of it just comes down to communication, and that's where we failed at first. Is we didn't communicate properly, and we didn't look right. for solutions that we could have possibly walked into with the investor. Um, and it was more, I think, out of fear from our side and you know, disbelief and, you know, sort of disappointment in ourselves as, as individuals and as a company. So, but, you know, if I can just recommend to anyone is just keep an open communication with people and always, you know, strive to grow your relationships and keep your relationships strong. And in the end, you know, the, this business is just all about relationships. And
0: Okay, cool. Um, let's jump into the good deal. Um, I think I mean you. You've shared some some cool nuggets there, um, and um, I, I'm I'm glad that it's coming from from someone who's done it. You know, you yeah. lived it and you've done it, and it has made you grow as an individual. You know, so um, high five to you guys there. We cannot do it. It's in corona time, so um,
1: <laughs> elbow, elbow. elbows. Uh... Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Let's jump into a good deal that you guys did and you walked away smiling, money in the bank.
1: Yeah, okay. So with this one, it was a, a drive for dollars. Uh, this one is also in the Randburg Kensington B suburb. Um, yeah, so we actually sent out one of our uh, juniors. They went out and they did a drive for dollars for us. And they came across a few distressed properties in the neighborhood. Uh, we followed up on the particular lead. Um, you know, Matt, Matt can talk about the interaction with the particular seller. But uh, very interesting. But from the basic point of view, that this property was in a major distress. There was sort of an ongoing relationship between the wife and the husband that just didn't make any sense. Uh, they lived in different provinces. Uh, it was a little bit odd. But you know, the the seller was originally looking for between 1.1 and 1 million rand for his property, and you know we went we went to him back and forth uh, between the the lady who was actually staying his wife and him. Um, she didn't want to sell at all. Uh, He, he did want to sell, but you know, obviously at his price and he was committed to his price. So we, we negotiated down with him to 875,000. So it was, it was a nice win for us. Um, and then he just went blank. He just faded away. We couldn't get hold of him. There was no news from him. And then I think the next week we figured out that he had listed his property online with a couple of agents. So we were like, oh, you know, middle fingers to you. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, dude, like go behind our back and everything. But, you know, in the end, we continued to follow up with our lead. And, you know, it's an important thing to do is is never let go. Keep pushing until the very end. And, you know, so it didn't go his way. He got offers way lower than ours. It just didn't come right for him. So we finally went back to him or he came back to us. And we then were like, well, we started our negotiations back down at 800 and we finally secured the property at 825.
0: Oh, nice. Well done. Yeah. Uh,
1: and this was um, our second multi let that we ever did. And yeah, the structure works very well now. Uh, so we got an investor down from Cape Town uh, who we pitched for. And yeah, so we got uh, all the renovation budget that we did need and purchasing costs. And yeah, so within the six weeks that we did have before the 24th of December. 2019 uh, we had to conclude the project and there was a huge downpour for a couple of weeks, but we managed to pull off a bit of a, a really, really good deal here. And so we've been able to renovate it into, a, you know, four bedroom house and then two, two bed flats at the back. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, now, now this is a good deal. Again, you've done it with another investor. Um, yes. I think they've they, they've put in all the money here. You guys, Managed to to put the deal together correct yeah have you guys ever put in any money in a deal
1: yes we have <laughs> Small that, that, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it depends is what you quantify as money but essentially everything's come from an investment of some sorts i don't know if you want to just clarify them at
2: yeah so just to clarify um Shane and I have never really put any of our own money that you know had saved away or you know that we've earned uh, you know from anywhere into a deal. Yeah, we you know moved funds around um, to to do certain things on deals, but we've never actually put in any of our own cash that we mm-hmm. saved. Away.
0: Right. Cool. So, so you guys, we can safely say you have utilized investors' money all the time in all of your deals. Um, I've I've always had the the crown because I thought that I I'm the only guy who's putting a thousand rand and That's that's it. But you guys beat me. You you've never even put in any money, you know. So, um, <laughs> but I want to speak about I want to speak about that specifically because. You've got some people that are coming in with the money and you're still coming in with the deals that you're putting in. How do you have the conversation that they put in the money 100% and you don't, you don't put in anything at all? Um, I, I, I find uneducated people out of the property space, they find it hard to comprehend. Um, so from your guys' side, how do you guys work with such kind of individuals, you know, it's a partnership. Yes, it's a fifty-fifty. Okay, fine. So I'm expecting you guys to put in your five hundred thousand. uh no.
2: Yeah. So um, you know, I think again, it's, it's it's about communication and how you communicate with someone. You've got to communicate clearly from the you know the onset. You know, don't um, fool someone into getting to, into something and then right at the end you say, oh, by the way. Um, you know, we're not putting any of our own money in. I think you've just got to set the parameters from the beginning of the relationship and say, you know, this is how we do deals. Uh, These are the pros, cons. This is how you can benefit from it. This is how we benefit from it. And, um, you know, this is the way forward. Obviously, you can be flexible in your approach and, you know, investor comes on board with a good idea, then of course, you know, be open to that. But I think it's all about how you communicate exactly what you're doing. Because when you communicate what you're doing and you yourself understand it and you can communicate that effectively, most of the time people are going to understand that and, and buy into it. So it's just about honesty and integrity and, um, you know, just, just really, uh, you know, communicating what you've done to get to this point. Because a lot of people think, oh, well, you're just putting in the deal, I'm putting in all the money. But you know, actually putting the deal together is the hardest part. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that sweet equity yeah. that you get a deal is very valuable. And most investors will, will understand that um, because it's not uh, every corner that you, that you find a good deal. It, it takes a lot of work.
0: Okay. Mate, if you were to look at <clears throat> uh, Mate in 2016, right? with what you now know now, um, what are the two things, maybe three, what are the two to three things that you can tell that individual?
2: Um, I would say, I mean, 2016 me, I was still busy with the Uber card. So I
1: would probably... Get out. (laughs)
2: uh, Yeah, get out. (laughs) No, I think, um, you know, what I... You know what I was going through at that time, and going through that, and, and, and um, you know, at the point of where I'm at now, I would have told myself, "Stay strong." Um, the bad times are there to to make you stronger, and to um, you know guide you, because there's always going to be obstacles down the road. Um, you know, whatever you do in life, there's going to be hard times, so you need hard times to prepare you for, for other hard times. <laughs> so I would say that to myself is actually important. Um, you know that that would be definitely the the, um, you know, the first thing I say and I think just say to myself you know have self-belief believe in yourself believe in your journey um, don't compare yourself to others because I think sometimes we compare ourselves a lot to others that are successful and we, we think to ourselves you know why am I not like that person but you know, everyone's journey is different so I, I'd say to myself embrace the journey and um, you know just keep following your, your dreams I, that's what I'd say
0: okay um Shay.
1: yeah so so from my side sure um i think a big thing is is focus hey yeah i'd go back and tell myself to focus don't don't have your head up in a cloud and don't try to do too many things at once um follow what fulfills you follow your passion um and make sure that you you focus on that solely you know put a lot of focus onto that and You know go and educate yourself as much as you can there's so much out there that is is free so you have no excuse um if it's money related or anything like that to not go out there and look for things there's a lot of people that you know can assist you and you know a big thing that's really helped me through my journey and stuff and every you know stage of my life has been mentorship is go and find someone who you look up to approach them and say listen you know, what is that I can do for you that you can assist and mentor me? You know, everyone's really willing to help. And I I don't think a lot of people understand that. There's there's a lot of people out there that do actually want to see that other people succeed. But, you know, big thing is, you know, focus and, you know, find someone who can mentor you, someone who you look up to uh, for the right purposes, uh, not just for money and wealth and all that, but, you know, as a whole. Um, And if you can't find that one person, find multiple people that fulfill certain portions of your life. You know, some people are health related, some people are financially related, family related, all of that, yeah. Shane,
0: Shane, you hit it hard, um, especially on your last point there. Um, I've recently just realized that being successful does not it's about money alone. It comes into many facets. I got to be successful in being a parent. I got two kids. I've got to be successful of being a good brother. I've got to be successful of being a good husband. Um, I've got to be successful to myself in self-development. I've got to be successful in being a good business person, a good leader, right? We've got 200 tenants, 350 students' accommodation. We've got guys that are working for us. Some of them I don't have direct contact with them because of the layers in the business. But, but I have to be all of these things. I have to be successful in all of these things for me to be successful. Because money alone, fine, private jet, what? whenever we get there. But I've got a terrible... I cannot relate to my own son. My wife thinks that I'm a dog. Ha, ha, ha. All of those other things. Yeah. For me, that's not being successful. And Shane, you've just closed it for me there. Because we we all have different backgrounds on, on our upbringing and our close society of what we are and what we see and what we see on TV and things like that. Um, but but you just hear it to say, in whatever area that you are wanting to grow, because it's a personal thing, right? I mean, mate yeah. got married recently. Um, so he might need to go and see a counselor to help him in his relationship. The wife doesn't, but he might, right? Um, but, but the reality is that having been married myself now, it's almost, yeah, we're we like 11 years now. Yeah, we're married 11 years now. I have seen that you can actually just journey along without journeying it in the best. Mm. Mm. So, so if you put that accountability elsewhere of other people that are doing it better, um, we have also been helped with other people then you start excelling into the best, and best does not stop, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's like it's, it's like a stadium, you know. They, there's always a next step to excel into, and at the bottom, there's always others that are wanting to to be there. So, yeah, you just hear home for me there. Thanks, Shane, for that. Um, closing comments from you guys. Anything you want to give a shout out to and um, uh, and you know M5 Successful Friends is all about inspiring and educating. Um, and I'm gonna start with you, mate, from that from that point of closing.
2: Yeah, I would just like to thank you personally, TJ, for for having us on your your podcast. Uh, we're very honored to be part of your Successful Friends. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of lot of fun and uh, really insightful chatting to you. So thank you. And um, yeah, I just want to thank uh, you know, everyone who's, who's tuned in and listened and um, yeah, I just want to say to you guys out there that you know perhaps are you know um, struggling a little bit or a bit hesitant to get into um, you know to get into property is just just believe in yourself um, and and be courageous. Sometimes it just takes a bit of courage um, to do the things that you that you need to do because deep down you know what you need to do, but sometimes it's just a little bit difficult to commit to that. So believe in yourself, uh, be courageous, and um, just go for it.
0: Believe in yourself, be courageous. And this is of 2017 from being an Uber uh, owner. And how many deals have you closed so far, uh, mate?
2: So today we've done about 10 projects.
0: And 10 projects. And, um, and this is just in a space of like two and a half years or something like that. Yeah. Definitely some good comments there. Shane, your closing comments.
1: Yeah, so just firstly, thanks uh, to M5 and you, TJ. Um, yeah, and another one is just thanks to everyone who has personally helped us out, both Matt and I, and a yeah, big, big word of thanks to, you know, our team, they, they do a lot of hard work in the background as well, um, they are committed to us, and we are very thankful for all the work that they do bring on board, and yeah, to the, those who, people who do invest with us and believe in us and trust in us, um, yeah, oh, there's some really, really good times coming up ahead. And as a final thought, just if anyone has taken anything away from this uh, little podcast that we have done now, is I think reach out, you know. We're always here to help and advise and if there's anything you wanna know or you know, if you need any assistance with anything, you know, Kura is here to assist you. So we, we look forward to interacting with you more, TJ, and, and anyone else who comes along our path, which eh? is all about empowerment.
0: Boom, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, it's been great having you guys along. Uh, I want to say that in the notes here of this podcast, together with the YouTube, depending on which which channel you're you're viewing this on, I'm going to put the website for for Kuro and um, happy for you guys to reach out to them. Uh, They're doing amazing things down here in Johannesburg. They do uh, partner up with a whole lot of people in the many deals that they have in the buy to lets, in the flips that they do. So if any of those two fences your style, these are the guys that you need to hang out to. It's been great. Awesome. And um, thanks to my uh, business partners and my bed partner as well uh, for allowing me to be doing this. And until we meet again, God bless. Cheers. <coughs>